Welcome to 972 Extra. My name is Adeyemi Adesoya. Um, if you're out there, wherever you are in the world and you're listening to this, um, please stay safe. Um, if your government has said you should stay at home, please stay at home. Please wash your hands, use your sanitizers, just safe. Um, I, in the whole days, they used to say HIV or AIDS is real. I had to say that, you know, coronavirus is real. And um, the closer you look, the closer it's getting to us all. Please, guys, stay safe. You have to do the social distancing stuff. If you've been to the UK, you've been to the US, or you come in contact with anyone that's suspected to come in contact with somebody else, please, self isolation is very, very important. Let's do that because these are very, very unusual times. So today on the podcast, um, I have a friend of the house, Steve Wabwezi. He's been on this podcast before when we discussed, um, you know, um, contractual issues. You know, he's a sports lawyer and what have you. So today, we're like I said, we're in unusual times. So we'll be discussing the evolving contractual issue that. Uh, we'll be having with coronavirus, and in saying that, we also have to realize that virtually all the major, all the major leagues are suspended as we speak. So no football is going on across Europe and in other parts of the world. So what that means is that you have players who are under contract and they are more or less redundant. So welcome to the show, Steve. Uh, good evening, Yemi. My pleasure once again. How are you doing? How are you coping with uh, social distancing and, uh, uh, and what are you doing during that time? Yeah, <laughs> you can say that again. I'm fine. I'm just trying to uh, adhere strictly to the protocols, making sure I don't stay so close to anybody around me, making sure I don't um, involve myself in any form of handshakes with anybody, and above all, washing my hands yeah. frequently. Yeah. yeah, we had to stop. Uh, I run a football school on Saturdays for kids. We had to stop that uh, oh, last yeah. week once we heard that the numbers were really going up. So, unfortunately, but um, we just have to trust this. So, since we are talking about coronavirus, you know, um, yeah. the sports world is on, is on pause. Um, it's on lockdown. Yeah, it's so lockdown. I was reading, I was reading. <laughs> it's on lockdown. Okay, I was reading the, an article from the New York Times uh, last week. Yeah, I, yeah. I had a, our last episode was with uh, Tim Capo uh, of Eurosport, mm. and we're talking about the financial and uh, economic impact of the coronavirus on sports. And yes. I was reading that the NBA has like mm. uh, they give clubs the authority to deduct a little okay. more than one percent. Yes. From their players' salaries okay. to be able to cater for games that the players miss. Uh-huh. Right? So I'm saying yes. in this situation, in this condition that yeah. we're in, I'm not so one percent cuts it. maybe the NBA has a lot of money in its vaults, which they have uh, distributed to all the constituent teams. Uh, making them take that decision. But like you said, just like a drop of water in the ocean. Yeah. And for instance, for instance, someone like LeBron James gets about $400,000 every time he plays for the Lakers. (laughs) 
as a as a sports lawyer, when can the club yeah. say no more? What does the law allow? What does the law say in in the rights of clubs when you say no? We can't pay this money anymore. We're not paying this. Oh, we can't pay this salary anymore. Where, what does the law allow? Okay, interesting. Um, this is in the realm of private law. And when you're talking about private law, it includes, includes contract. Okay. Uh, now, everything is going to be dependent on what is expressly provided for in the contract between the clubs and the players. Usually, there's a term we call uh, the force majeure clause. That is the kind of term that you usually invoke uh, in this kind of situation. It is a doctrine that the law has developed over the years to excuse or suspend contractual performance by any of the parties when a supervening event beyond the control of either party uh, forces that party to be unable to um, you know, more or less perform his own obligations under the contract. Now, this post major clause, usually when I when I see pe- people, uh, there's been a lot of misconception going around, even in the media, where people say, oh, post major would apply. <laughs> you are not privy to the contract between the parties. Okay. Now, the principle of post major, first of all, stipulates that that particular event that you are you are trying to invoke that will make you excuse or at least at the very minimum suspend performance of your contractual obligation must be expressly provided. Did anybody uh, include quarantine? Did anybody include pandemic? Did anybody include um, the spread of a virus named coronavirus? Well, nobody could have reasonably foreseen that a virus named coronavirus would come and uh, hold the whole world to ransom at this point. But the, at the very minimal, uh, you should have included something like a pandemic. That is where the interesting debates start. Mm. Whether coronavirus is a pandemic, and if it is a pandemic, then whether there, there's, a, there's a governmental order or governmental action that has made it legally and physically impossible for you to perform your obligation under the contract. Now, the interesting thing about a first major clause, uh, some people use the normal boilerplate clauses. We call them boilerplate clauses. It's, it's more or less like. Uh, the general term that uh, people just copy from one contract and infuse in another. <laughs> yes. So the boilerplate clause is okay that any act of God beyond the control of the parties, which neither of the parties reasonably foresee. Now you ask your question. You ask yourself: uh, Is a pandemic an act of God? I mean, if a pandemic is an act of God, can this particular pandemic be termed an act of God? Now that is going to be that is going to be subject to a lot of sharp arguments from both sides. But the interesting thing is that first of all, before you can invoke a force major clause, there's an implied duty, duty of mitigation and substitution. Did you do anything to mitigate the damages of the other party? Because we are talking about this sports is is a a multi-billion-dollar industry. Where a lot of money exchanges. For example, we look at the TV broadcast deal uh, between BT Sports and Sky Sports and the Premier League. You ask yourself, why is the Premier League trying to finish this season? Yeah, they have obligation, man. Because there's an obligation. There's an obligation. And uh, if the rumored uh, 
fee of 720 million pounds being demanded by BTS Sky Sports from the Premier League and the, and the clubs is true. That means some clubs will go bankrupt at the end of the season if they are to cough up that money because that money has been spent. Yeah. They've spent that money paying salaries, doing all sorts of things. Exactly. Development. So, correct. So there's, there, there must be, there's that duty of mitigation. Have you been able to mitigate the damages suffered by the other party? Who is expecting performance from you? If you have not been able to mitigate the damages, then you will not be able to, you will not be entitled to claim force majeure. Have you also made substitution? Now, uh, you know, there was also an interesting debate about whether they should take the remaining uh, Premier League matches to the Midlands. We talk about Birmingham, uh, Aston Villa, Wolverhampton, and the West Bromwich Albion. Now, taking it to the Midlands, where, of course, definitely the games will be have to play behind closed doors without the fans. Yeah. But what is what is the substratum of the the substance of the contract is to have the games on TV. Yeah. That, that, as far as British and Sky Sports is concerned, they don't care how you do it. All they want is they want their, their matches on TV. So, so long as you'll be able to provide alternatives, then if you now provide alternatives and it becomes still impossible for you to perform, then you can take possession on that first match. So that is that is the starting point. Now, coming to your question, now the this issue of um, a club um, seeking to maybe terminate prematurely the contracts of the players. The issue, the starting point, first of all, is is it included in the contract? If it is not included in the contract, interestingly, there are all that doctrines that the law uh, affords a party who finds himself in this kind of situation. You can also claim frustration of contract. Frustration of contract is when uh, the substratum of the contract is dead, is no longer existing, such that you will no longer be expected to perform. Now, the law also has made exceptions. For example, where somebody has paid money, there's also an obligation on your part to fulfill your own contractual obligation. So, put simply, before you'll be able to plead frustration of contract, mm. it must be legally and actually impossible for you to perform the obligation. Now, you talk about Lagos. Um, there's a lockdown currently going on. Uh, we're about to experience a total lockdown from tomorrow. Now, now that is a governmental order. Mm-hmm. All right? And uh, you also remember that under the Constitution, you are entitled to the constitutional right to freedom of movement. Yes. Before, before that order can be justified, there must be some form of legislative enactment. I'm surprised that the legal status of assembly has not been defeated in this period. Make some kind of law and say, okay, so, so that you'll be able to justify what the government is doing. Because there's no coffee. What the government doesn't want you to do is to be involved in large gatherings. Yeah. All right? So in that large gathering, football contemplates large gathering. You're yeah. definitely not going to play football. So and that is why you also have the um, bodies like uh, LNC and the NFF coming out with strong words and saying, okay, you know what, we are suspending football for, for the meantime. So when you when you put all these things in place, that, that's what gives it the legal backing. So, and that is the only time it can be said that it is legally impossible because you will be breaching a law if you go ahead to perform that contractual obligation. 
in the UK, for example, I would imagine that the, the UK House of Parliament must have made some kind of enactments that gives governments that, that order. That's oh, uh, sorry to cut in. But I do believe yes. that the executive also have power to make orders. There's something called an executive yes. order. Executive, executive order, yes. Yeah. Yes. That, that executive order, he, ha, he doesn't have, no matter how well meaning it is, mm. he cannot take the position of a statute. Okay. Now, when you read, when you read section uh, uh, section four of the constitution, which provides for the fundamental human rights, yeah. that 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 particular chapter of the constitution, that chapter four of the constitution, that provides for fundamental human rights, excuses lawful uh, legislative uh, statutes, all right, that are made for security, human security, for public policy good health and all that, more public morality. So when they make such legislative enactment, that legislative enactment will now excuse the derogation of your fundamental human rights. So the government can come out and make executive order. If you make executive order, that is fine. Everybody knows that it is not only reasonable in the second time, it is expedient okay. that the government should come out and make such kind of statements. But when when you, because we are just we are only debating this now because there are underlying contractual obligations. So what I'm just trying to say is that there's if there's no legal impossibility for you to perform your contractual obligations under the contract, you might not be able to excuse performance. So for the clubs that are maybe trying to take advantage of this, I read the story about um, Sunshine Stars. Sunshine okay. Stars owing their, owing their players. Okay, I was going to go there, but finish with what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Sunshine Stars are owing their players and they're contemplating maybe uh, even <laughs> discharging some of them. That would be most irresponsible. That would be most irresponsible. Because for one, the league is only suspended. The, the season has not been cancelled. And even if the season as cancelled, you have contractual obligations that you must respect. So at the very minimal, what I expect the MPFL clubs right now is to engage the the footballer, the uh, players' association. I don't know whether they have. Uh, let's like let's that let's leave those ones aside. As far as I'm concerned, okay. they don't exist. So if we don't have, because this is time to enter into what you call collective, collective bargaining. Yes. Now, so you see, the reason why, is, is, Steve, it's good that you mentioned that we started with the local side, you know, the local yes. scene. Yes. And it's a good yes. one that you brought up this sunshine matter because over the weekend, uh, some players of Rangers were involved yes. in an accident, you know, yeah. after Rangers yes. let them go on, I think, a 10 day break or a two week break because yes. the league is suspended. Now, yes. two days ago, the management of Rangers came out and said that there's an insurance policy yes, for I the players. Yes. So the guys that were involved in the accident will be paid, mm -hmm. that they will sort it out. Yes. That, uh, there's some form of compensation. But I, at the back of my mind, whilst mm -hmm. I think it's a good idea, good initiative that they're taking that step, however, mm -hmm. I have a little yeah. bit of doubt in me. And why do I say I have a little bit of doubt? That policy, I'm not privy to it, but yes. this is me trying to play devil's advocate and also trying right. to be the pessimist when it comes to Nigerian things in this case. Mm -hmm. 
Ah, we sure. That insurance uh, package does not mm-hmm. cover them when they are on Rangers related trips. Okay. You know, there's a tendency for us to have, for people to misinterpret what an insurance policy covers. Yes, yes. The, I'm yes. just saying, I, I don't, as yes. I said, I'm not privy to the policy, but I'm just saying. Yes. What mm-hmm. if we're in a situation where the, the manual of the club has been interpreted whatever insurance policy they have to mm-hmm. think that, okay, we let the players go. As, as they've left the... Um, the authority on, the on their own, yes. Yeah, and they've gone on their own, and then I had an accident. Yes. In in real in the real sense, if the insurance policy does not cover them outside the confines of Rangers, then there's a problem. Yeah, yeah there's a big problem. There's a big problem. And and in any event, um, I don't think that statement should be coming from Rangers. It should be coming from the insurance company. Thank you. I exactly. Those were my exact thoughts when I saw the press release. They mentioned the name of the insurance uh, broker. There's some premium brokers, something, something. They mentioned them. Interestingly, the insurance brokerage firm has not come out to say anything. And I always say this I could be wrong because I haven't seen anything. I've not seen any statement from the so called insurance company. But I'm just also worried because this is Nigeria. A lot of nonsense happens. We just don't know. Maybe that policy only covers them for when Rangers are on their trips. You know, because MPFL teams travel by road, they face accidents, uh, arm robbery on the road, and what have you. How are we sure that con- that policy only does not cover them beyond when they are on Rangers' trip? You know, because, uh, uh, okay, it's, it's interesting you also raised this up because. Um, what I do know for insurance policies is that there are exceptions. Yeah. For example, when you when you embark on that kind of trip, like you said, there's no evidence that they were embarking on a Rangers-related trip. No, they were released for what? the break. Now they were told we are going on ten days, two weeks break. You can go, okay. go and meet your yeah. families, go and you know go home, go and rest. You know, we will call you back after two. Weeks. You know, and then they enter yeah. road, and then they have an accident. You get so so yes, yes, because the insurance, the insurance companies that, from my own little knowledge of insurance um, laws and policies, and now they operate in this part of the world, they find the flimsiest yes, of exactly not to pay. Okay. So, and when you now come out and make that kind of, I think I think it's some kind of PR stunt that the club is just doing. Just my, my thoughts exactly. But you see, when I talk about it, sometimes they tell me you are always too, you are too negative. You are always. But I've I've been on the I've I've gotten the shorthand of the stick from an insurance company before, right? I'm sure you know. I have a scar on my hand. I've got a short yeah. of, of the stick from an insurance company, and since mm-hmm. then. I can't, I don't even like touching them with the 10 people. So it's worrisome. So you look at situations like that, then yes. you now have sunshine, now want you to use this situation to hold mm-hmm. their players to ransom. I probably say yes. they let some go, and then they will still owe some back. But now, let's leave the local scene. Yes. Sion of Switzerland, I think they let go nine of their players just last week. 
Mm, same players, including so, Alex Song. Ahead. Let them go last week because of this battle. Now, yes. if this yes. might just be the beginning of a trend. Why do I say so? Hearts of uh, uh, Ibenia in the yes. Scottish Premier League, their owner yes. was also proposing that players take a 50% cut in wages. Whilst this yes. continues, whilst we also discuss the issue of first job, and I want yes. you're going to answer it in, in this in batches, so you just take note. Yes. Are we going to get to the point of, because I'm, nobody for the love of even the so-called prophets, the pastors, and other didn't tell us there was something catastrophic like this coming. So yes. nobody saw it coming. So are we now going to get yes. to a point where when I'm going to when I'm going to Europe to sign the contract now, the club will put it there that because I'm not sure any club or agent would have thought of putting that particular no, post-major related not, to a disease. I'm sure what they no. will look at would be probably a typhoon, hurricane, yeah. and also notes that just January last year, we had the Emiliano Salah issue ah. where he had signed for Cardiff, yes. went back to North to say bye-bye and get stuck, and then he gets uh-huh. in the plane crash. Yes. 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 So those are evolving issues. So I want you to look at that, you know, batch by batch. As I've mentioned, there are three, four instances that I've mentioned. Okay. Okay. Um, let's talk. Can we start from the FCC on issue? Yes, please. Okay. Now, uh, you look at FCC on. Um, what I would imagine happened, because it's more or less like um, there was no indication that they had a meeting with the league management body before taking that decision. They simply yeah. called the players and said, okay, you know what, guys? Um, you will be taking 85% pay cost in view of the situation we found ourselves. We don't think, might not be able to come out of this anytime soon. In the meantime, kindly take 85% pay cost. And seven of their players, interestingly, uh, walked away. Now, you look at it critically. Uh, like I said, we are not privy to the contract, the yeah. terms of the contract that they signed. But from a, from a legal point of view, um, those players can actually sue for wrongful termination of contracts. Okay. Um, what? Why do I say so? Um, you look at the RSTP, and again, I, I will definitely go back to the contract, contract terms that they signed. If there's no exception made for this kind of scenario where you have to take a pay cut. I know some, I know some uh, player contracts have their appearance-based clauses yes. such that uh, if you don't pay for a certain minimum number of um, games that you're not be entitled to certain bonuses and yeah. all that. Those, those ones are very reasonable. All right. But you look at, you look at this one critically. Then he's really taking a holistic view because we don't know the financial situation of the club. Yeah. Whether the club is even buying to even pay what they are even proposing to pay for the next foreseeable future. If they don't have it, most likely they will go into administration. Yeah. I had I had about two two clubs in the uh, in the French league uh, already thinking about that. 
So you you look at look at the scenario. So if they, they don't have that express clause, that okay, that you know we're, we're going to deduct a certain amount of salaries if you don't play for so and so amount of time, then that will be that will be wrong for termination of contract. They can they can take them to the player status committee and uh, seek redress because that that is what has happened. What normally happens is that they will enter into collective bargaining agreements and they will have to get the Swiss FA or whoever is the league management body mm-hmm. in Switzerland to get them, let their buy-in into that and say, okay, you know what, let us have a meeting. It will be it will be like innovation, call it innovation. You're creating a new contract yeah. from what you have already, at least until we finish with this phase of the season and then you can continue with normal terms and clauses you have in the subsisting contract. So um, they would have all the player, uh, professional players association, all of them will be in the same room and have that agreement. You will have a binding on everybody. But so long as you have not done that, what you have done is simply a wrongful termination of contract. Because you are, you are simply telling me that, okay, you know what? You can go and do whatever you want. So uh, they are at liberty to approach the player status committee um and seek redress for a termination and they should they should do that and for damages as well so that is that for fcc um which is the second one you hats, mentioned hats of rebellion okay uh they are thinking of laying yeah, on their was saying that maybe they need to take a 50 percent cut in wages oh, no 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 that that cannot work that cannot work and uh, it cannot work for the simple fact that okay, we are just in March. Let us let us even assume we have not gotten to uh, that panic uh, mode where we, we are get there already. Close to- we are there. I know, I, I know, I know, I know. This is March. Okay, we are close to April. This is normally ends at the end of May. Anyway. So um, I would imagine that they made the budget for the season. Mm-hmm. On the assumption that the season will end in May and then start preparing for the pre-season and then preparing for next season. Yeah, but you know that oh. for some of these, uh, so sorry to cut in, uh, yeah. for some of these smaller clubs, they are not like the Manchester United, or even, the, even Barcelona. And Correct. I heard Barcelona too are also contemplating trying to have a workout scenario with their players. Yeah. Now, some of these smaller clubs, you know, Hearts Hearts uh, Stadium might not be more than twenty thousand, maybe thirty thousand capacity stadium. And yeah. if you check what they have as season ticket holders, may not be more than five thousand. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's something I have to mm-hmm. say. Now, for clubs mm-hmm. like that, uh, compared to Rangers and Celtic, Hearts the smaller club, yes. they may, they may largely depend on. People coming to the stadium every match day. The collections right. they make at the stadium every match day yes. might be a huge part of their financing or their income for the season. Yes. Like the yes. big clubs, United, the Barcelona, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, the match day taking mm-hmm. amounts for maybe a sixth. One over six or two over seven of that's and I'm talking 10, 15 percent, 20 percent of their earnings annually. They have the commercial side, they have the marketing side, they have prize money and whatever as the core areas. 
match day covers will be twelve percent. So they might not be too affected. But these smaller clubs, the bread and butter of people coming to watch games and paying at the at the turnstiles, buying might just be their own way of meeting their, you know, their obligations. Yes. Okay. Now, um, that is that is you sounding like uh, the devil's advocate. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Which is which is the reasonable thing to do, really. Um, the the clubs, like you mentioned, most of these big clubs, the big the big five or the big six in England, most of them depend on lucrative uh, share sponsorship deals anyway, yeah. and um, uh, all sorts of deals, commercial sponsorship deals. With their various sponsors, but all these—I yeah, call them the small fry in on the on the league. Those ones can, definitely cannot afford this kind of prices. So perhaps the best way to go about it is not necessarily by terminating prematurely the contract of uh, those who don't want to take the percent I expect them to approach the Scottish FA okay. or whoever is. With whoever is the head of the league uh, management body, approach them and um, try to see how we can come under the same roof and find a solution to this crisis. Because even the even the mega broadcast sponsor, uh, uh, the, the TV broadcast deals that they get because they do collective TV broadcast where yeah. all the clubs come together, sell the the, the broadcast rights. To the league management, but like you have the Premier League in England, who administers it on behalf of clubs, they can approach them and say, "Okay, you know what? This is the situation we found ourselves. We are no longer able to pay salary." And again, it's not just the players. We talk about the match the staff. Yeah. The no, those ones are even out of work now. They're out of work. Hey. They only paid. Hey, most so, of them are only paid when they work. They are more contractual, uh, casual staff, more or less. Yes, yes, yes. So that is the best way to go about it. Interestingly, in Nigeria, under the Labour Act, you have what is called um, the redundancy provision. I think under Section 10 of the Labour Act, where a, a, a company can declare redundancy. All right? Okay. Now, what is the primary purpose of engaging players to come and play for a football, represent a football club? It just go out there in the, out there on the field and represent the interest of the on the club, play, entertain the fans, and ultimately make revenue for the club. Now you have not done that for uh, about three, four odd weeks now, and then you want to continue earning your salary. Now the law doesn't allow that kind of situation. At that point, the club can say, you know what, uh, we are laying off some people. I know but people will come out. Now, on the basis on the basis that you have not performed, um, you are not performing your own obligations. Not all of anybody is making any. Uh, this is no fault of mine. So you know what I think should happen. You know what I think should happen. I think I, I don't I do not like the silence from FIFA. Yes. On cases like this, I don't like the silence. I think that they need to make a policy statement whereby. They're telling everybody, you know what, just calm down, right? Calm down. We know the situation is dire, but we will do X, Y, Z. What I expect FIFA and UEFA because they're the two biggest uh, footballing bodies. I expect them to create some form of intervention fund 
or subsidy for the smaller clubs, for the clubs in League One, League Two, Conference, you know, the really smaller clubs. Leave the big boys, they, they'll be fine. First of all, intervention for them that in a bit of a stimulus plan that, okay, if this crisis goes beyond me, right? Because mm -hmm. for, for most of these guys, the governing bodies have access to their financials. You know, yes. for your, um, the guys in Europe, they have access yes, to their, uh, for their FFP and all that. So they can tell if you are if you are suffering. So create a bit of a stimulus plan. I said if this issue goes beyond May 30, each club can access XYZ amount from this pool. Right? I know it's hard because they also are suffering because hey, they also have obligation to sponsors. But it's important and critical for them to come out with a policy statement saying contracts as they are today should not be tampered with or terminated till you are able to you are able to find a solution or get headway with when yeah. football will resume. That's one. Two, okay. I would expect that the clubs as well should be having conversations with you know with the PFA. Like in England, they have the PFA, the players football uh, yeah. association. Yes. You know, yeah. um, other in other countries, you know, they also have they have fifth pro globally. Start having conversation mm -hmm. with fifth pro. I tell you, people, look, your members, we know we're going to we're entitled to pay them, but they also need to realize that if this matter goes beyond so and so, we might not be able to meet our obligations to them. Now, fifth pro are aware of the teams that will have those issues, right? They know those that will yes. have those issues, so. They need to create that environment where they know that okay, that conversation is ongoing. Knowing that, okay, by so and so date, if we are unable to pay, we can't pay. So, FIFA will talk to their members and say, okay, guys, we need to come to, we need to also support the system. We yeah. also sacrifice on behalf of the sport, of the system, so that the business can continue to be a great concern. I think those are the two areas, those are the two conversations that should be happening to kind of, you know, dampen and alleviate the issues that we have with respect to contracts today. I, I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you. But maybe FIFA is looking at the fact that, okay, uh, perhaps we can have a resolution or a clearer picture of where this is heading to, maybe by the end of April. Because right now, everybody is overwhelmed by what is happening. Even the FIFA window has been <laughs> has, has been bastardized by this, this whole incident. So um, people are still reeling from the shock of this pandemic. Um, I, I, I hope everybody will be fine at the end of the day. And, I hope um, so. I hope so. Yes. I hope, I hope everybody will be fine because it's really getting scary. Yes. It's getting scary. FIFA, FIFA itself also has obligations to sponsors yeah. as well. So right now, everybody is just trying to see how they can best manage it. I think he hasn't crossed their mind yet to have that conversation that you mentioned because we're definitely going to, especially when it starts getting towards um, the June 30th. Uh, uh -huh. uh, and that, and that, brings me to, that brings me to my next scenario. Yes. My next scenario is this. I have a contract that expires on June 13th. 
Yes. I've already signed the pre-contract. It's another thing. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. So I am yes. moving to that club in the summer. Yes. Now, this issue persists beyond June 30th. Mm-hmm. As a player, am I yes. one obligated to hop and leave, especially whether the season has not been completed because of mm-hmm. what was going on? That's one. Two, mm-hmm. as the employer, as the club, can I hold the player to ransom? and say, no, for whatever reason, you can't leave because you didn't play. The the latter part of your contract was not executed by you providing the service. Three, can the clubs sit to the players and say, you know what? We know that you signed a pre-contract with another club. So they have like a three-way conversation. The current employer, the soon-to-be employer, the player and the representatives are saying, okay, look, soon to be employer, our league season, the league season, because of what has happened, will end by July 31st or August 31st yeah. or August 30th or whatever. Please, we will compensate you. This is hypothetical. We will yes. compensate you with X amount of whatever, covering the portion of the contract that you assigned with you. That's one. Two, player, we will pay you an appearance fee. Mm-hmm. Or we will still pay your standing salary. We exist that up until the season ends. Yeah. You get that? Or yes, we will pay yes. you the new salary. This is an mm-hmm. or. The new salary mm-hmm. have agreed with your new employers. And then mm-hmm. we, us and the new employers, will know how we will, uh, do in, in banking they call it corporate adjustment. You know how we yes. you know sort of sort of. Is yeah. that something that we should be looking at or expecting soon? Uh we are we are getting to that to that um uh end of the conversation. And let me tell you why. Um was it Hakim Ziyech is a perfect example. Yeah. The dude that moved from Ajax, Ajax to Chelsea to Chelsea. Um but it's a perfect scenario you have created, and um, I completely agree with uh, all the uh, possibilities that you have raised. But again, that conversation will have to go beyond the three parties. Okay. And let me tell you why. Because um, FIFA has made a regulation that, okay, from June 30, your contract should end by June 30. So FIFA has to kind of um, grant a waiver for teams that have entered into such pre-contracts because they are still pre-contracts the player has not undergone a medical okay he has not signed he has not signed a contract with the other club what you have is more or less a gentleman's agreement that okay yes for this fee i am taking this player for xyz amount of years and he's going to start playing for me from july 1. So shall becomes a player from july 1. Now you come to this kind of quandary where the season is not yet ended and you are getting perilously close to that June 30 timeline. And this player is not going to resume with you anytime soon. Um, the wise thing for them to do is come together. And this is also where policy considerations come in because 
uh, FIFA needs to make that intervention exactly sooner rather, um, sooner rather than later um, before before it it uh, metamorphoses into a fractious litigation that nobody wants yeah. because the the buying club will be desirous of having their own player Should because you? what it simply means is that yes. What it simply means is that Chelsea will have to call him, register him, and play the remainder of the season. So it's such a it's such an anomalous situation yeah. that nobody doesn't doesn't want to imagine. Now, what will the other other clubs? Because technically, uh, the window is not yet out of the window, outside the window. Yes, exactly. So so FIFA has to make that policy policy statement by coming out to say, okay, you know, for those who have uh, give exceptions or wave backs such clubs who have entered into such a contract arrangement. Then, in addition to that, the, the two clubs can come together and say, okay, you know what we're going to do? Uh, I know this player is supposed to uh, resume with you from July 1, but for the period that he remains with us, we're going to be paying the salaries. All right? We're going to be paying the salaries on the new agreed terms with you. Yeah, but you also know that there's a... There's some gray areas. Yes. Uh, image right payments. Correct. Uh, there are marketing, um, certain marketing activities that Obli- obligations. Yes. Committed to. Yes. For the new yes. club yes. for the start of the new season. It's a, it's a very, it's a slippery slope. Very slippery. Very slippery. I, I, I'm actually hoping that FIFA would intervene soon. I, I really think they need to make a, a statement. Even if it's just to calm everybody down. You know, calmness. Yeah. And we're talking about contrast. Let me give you another scenario. I'm a yeah. footballer and I am signed to a particular agent. Yes. And my representation contract is supposed to end June 30th. Okay. And I want to move on. Right, but yeah. I'm still playing. You know, I'm still playing for this same club, and the guy says, "Oh, guy, you can't go because the contract. You know, I've not enjoyed because notes in certain representation arrangements. Right, mm-hmm. the player, the mm-hmm. agent is paid from the guy's uh, from the player's salary. salary. Yes. So now let's look at the scenario where. For some reason, the club is able to stop paying salary because they're not, they're not earning. So, in, in, in mm-hmm. essence, the agent itself is not earning. So, yes. come June 13th, the agent can say, okay, you can't go now. I've not earned full value for the time that I've represented you. Okay. So, that's another mm-hmm. potential crisis where players can't get out of their representation contracts because the agent supposedly has got some full value because of the time lag that we have experienced. Okay. Uh, now, this this is a wonderful scenario you have created as well. Um, if I were to apply the strict letters of the law, this is what I would do as the player. As a player, I can excuse my obligations, my contractual obligations to pay on what is called the doctrine of frustration of contracts. <laughs> and yes, yes, I, I'm going to I'm going to excuse performance on the grounds that uh, the essential reason why you are to earn your money 
Mm. The, the, the main reason why you are earning your money, it is dependent or contingent on me playing. Yes. All right? So, so long as I don't play, you don't earn your fee. You don't okay. earn your fee because because I am I am supposed to defray the cost of your own salary from my own emolument, yeah. the one I receive from the club. So so long as I have not earned it, you are not entitled to earn yours. So yeah, so but, what, yeah. but what happens in the situation where the season resumes July first, hypothetically now, and somehow yeah. the season virtually ends in. Uh, in, uh, in August, right? Okay. And yes. then the player, the club now pays the player the backlog. Okay. Right? The backlog from, from March. From March. Okay. And for some reason, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the club or the well, ideally, the scenario will work because most of them are not. The club deducts directly from the player's salary. But let's say there is an agreement in place where the player also needs to make a payment to the agent, and then the player says, "Well, guy, as far as I'm concerned, you didn't work." So, uh, no, no, no. If he has, if he has earned the backlog of the salary, um, equity and good conscience will not allow the player to hold the agent. It's as simple as that. On the on the principles of equity, the player is bound to. Uh, Pay whatever. No, I said that ideally, yeah. ideally, it's actually the clubs that pay the agents yeah. directly, just the docs from players. So I was also yeah. saying that. So, in your opinion, uh, mm. legally, do you think we're going to get to a point where, do you think we're going to get to a point where clubs will not start putting issues like this in contract? Like I said, I gave the example of the Emilenosala incident. Oh, and I do know that now, going forward, a lot of clubs, I'm not privy to contracts, so a lot of clubs yes, will yes. now start sending players that look, you can't hop on the plane and go. Or yeah. the first installment of payment to your club, mm. to the selling mm-hmm. club, will only be active after the player has played his first game. So yes. are we going to get to a point where Clubs will now put in the contract and say, in the case of a pandemic, worldwide pandemic or a mm. nationwide pandemic, mm. we won't play, we won't, we are not entitled to pay. Okay, like in, in the pay case of a, of, of a worldwide or nationwide pandemic that yes. lasts beyond two weeks, or lasts beyond 14 yes. weeks, we are yes. not entitled to pay you a salary till. Mm. The pandemic subsides or ends. I'll tell you. Uh, okay, tell you what. We're already there. Okay. We're already. We're already. We're already dead right now as I'm speaking with you because um, and it's going to encompass the just the football clubs, even the league management body. You no, know, the the usual confusion stems from the fact that you have um, you have specific forms of the contract, the professional contract that the players sign. For example, for example, in England, um, there's a certain form. There's a certain form that the contract must. There's a, there's a minimum requirement that the contract must contain. So the, you have some kind of precedent uh, from the FA governing body or the league governing body, which is handed over 
to all the clubs and say, okay, this is a specific form and shape of the contract that you signed. Now, you adapt them based on your own uh, specifications. You adapt them to your own needs and requirements. For example, you don't expect Ronaldo to have the same boilerplate contract yeah. that uh, a player like uh, maybe, say, uh, Aaron Wan-Bissaka yeah. signed with Manchester United. So, there are definitely going to be variations. So, it starts from the league management body. The league management body will have to insert that first major clause. And that first major clause is going to be very, very exhaustive. And so, exhaustive and specific. Very specific as well. Very specific. And it doesn't go beyond that. The, the FIFA regulations on the status and transfer of players, the RSTP, must also accommodate such provision. Yeah, so that means that, that over time, there is yes. the STP2 has to undergo some changes. Correct, correct, he has. He has. Because we, are, we have gotten to that, because what is going to happen now, we are going to have all sorts of litigation after this. Yeah. There will be so, all sorts of confusion. So to bring order and clarity to this issue, FIFA has to step up and make a policy statement and say, okay, you know what, going forward, uh, for whatever reason, for whatever unforeseen reason, if the football season is uh, paused for um, maybe uh, one month or thereabouts, that players, unless they have more than one month, that players should not end their salary. It's as simple as that. Or if they're going to end their salary, maybe a certain percentage will be paid to the players. Or maybe if it stretches on to the second month or third month, the players should naturally not end their salary. Because it's stretching the smaller clubs. Some of them might go into administration at the end of this exercise. Nobody knows, no one knows how long this pandemic is going to last. So to bring reprieve to such clubs, there has to be some kind of policy statement from the top saying, okay, this is the guy. Because the RSTP is like the Bible of the yeah. and the clubs. That is what they look at when such issues occur. And there's nowhere in the RSTP. The RSTP says if a player is injured, that you must continue paying his salaries yeah. for 12 months. Yeah. So you cannot you cannot terminate unless for sporting just cause. Yeah. The player who has made less than 10% appearance for the season is, is obligated to stand up and say, okay, I have not played, I've not played for uh, up to 10 matches in the season. Please let, let me go. go. I have I have an offer somewhere, allow me to go. You release him. That's what the RSTP is. So the RSTP at every point in time provides a guideline to the clubs and the players saying, okay, this is where this, so this is the most appropriate time for them to come up with that. And incidentally, there was a there was a review that came came into operation from a March first or thereabouts. Yeah. So yes, so some of the some of these changes also take effect from Mongols. I'm going to I'm going to take a look at that. Yes, so I will, I, will, I will send you, I did a summary of, of the new uh, changes to the RSTP. So even the issue about TMS is also also now mandatory because some some leagues are still not complying with it. Uh, even our so, owner says they comply with it. Right? Uh, no, they don't comply, comply with what? That's bad they, data. They said they are. They, they are, are, they are, they are the first to do it in Africa. 
I think I have two more scenarios I want to paint, two more questions. Yeah. But I think okay. I've, I've, I've forgotten one. But one came to mind, and I want to get your your legal opinion. Um, yes. A, a player passed on about two weeks ago in the yes. MPFL. Uh, yes. Um, Martins, he was the Martins of uh, yeah. Masara United. Masara and, United, um, yes. Story broke, or well, we heard that, I don't know if I should call it confirmed or unconfirmed, let me just say unconfirmed. Unconfirmed, yes. yes the yeah, said that uh, yeah. he had a heart problem. And okay. that his previous club, Fawimba, mm. right? Mm. Like I always say, I could be wrong, but they knew that he had this heart problem. And they had been told that he shouldn't be anywhere near in football clubs. Now, okay. what the unconfirmed reports also state is that if I about informed, if I about FC, informed mm. the LMC, and I think other clubs as well, like I said, mm. I could be wrong, but it's unconfirmed, about this guy's issue. So this guy doesn't play for him, and months later, or what have you, he pops up at Nasarawa United. Yes. He collapsed in training on Friday. Okay. Hmm? On training? In training on Friday. That's what the report says. Okay. He collapsed in training on Friday, and then on Sunday, he's dressed and he plays the match. And then eventually loses his life. Now, my question is this if these reports are true, without a shadow of doubt, Nassau United are culpable. Mm-hmm. Now, I do not know if they have any insurance policy to cover the board. But if they did have an insurance policy to cover the board, I doubt the insurance company would pay. Mm-hmm. Because it has a hard problem. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, my question is this. The family of that boy, can they put together yes. a class action suit against mm-hmm. Nassau United and the LMC for gross negligence, knowing that this boy had this ailment? He moved from one club to another in the same league, right? Yes. Yes. And died on the pitch. Ah, interesting. Okay, the, the starting point is that uh, that action will have to be brought by his estate. Yeah, okay. That action will have to be brought by his estate. When I say his estate, he's uh, legal dependent. Yeah. So usually, as a young man, he couldn't have um, he couldn't have uh, written a will. Yeah. So his natural his legal dependents will have to file uh, that. Yes, on his name, in his name for um, wrong wrongful death. Yeah. Um, and can is, and also to add, can yes. somebody can this be considered as manslaughter and somebody go to jail? Uh, manslaughter. Well. The the issue is, I, I want to look at it from the perspective of the regulations of the LMC. First of okay. all, uh, is an indictment of the uh, political will of the LMC yeah. to even implement its own regulations. Because yeah. I recall, I recall that there are provisions in the, under the LMC rules 
for medical facilities. Oh, yes. Now, the question you ask, are these medical facilities available to the club? And how often do they use these medical facilities? Now, if, for example, like you said, that the man had a heart problem and nobody detected it, or they detected it and ignored it and continued allowing him to play, that's, 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 that's manslaughter. And when you're talking about manslaughter, uh, because the club, quote unquote, is supposed to be a corporate body, yeah. there's some, something we call lifting the veil of incorporation. Yeah. No, in law, the company is different from the owner. Yeah. So, but where is where certain atrocities or fraud is perpetrated, the veil, the corporate veil of the company will be lifted to find those behind the company. And that is why we are the Nasawa, LM, uh, Nasawa uh, Football Club chairman and his cohorts falling. Then on the part of the LMC as the regulators, they had a duty also to ensure that not only are the regulations they are put in place being complied with, but that, that the clubs ensure because you have you have you have a duty to uh, protect the health and safety of your players. So if you have not done that, that is also some level of culpability on the part of the LMC. So the 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 the, the executive members of the LMC should be taken in for questioning for proper investigation. But, this will be, but who can institute this? You know, can for, crim, this? for criminal for criminal matters, yeah. for criminal matters, it's only the state that can prosecute criminal ah, It will never happen. Yes. Uh, uh, so. You have, you have to be the states office now. Of, yeah, you have to be the office of the IG. That states. That's why that is owned by the government. So yes, yes. But again, the interesting thing is that um, well, I don't know how brief the courts will be to uh, apply what they did in Aoko and Pabwemi. In the case of Aoko and Pabwemi, where uh, Gani Pabwemi applied to personally prosecute the case. The criminal case of his friend, uh, Delegiwa, who was murdered okay. with a letter bomb. Yeah. Yes. Uh, 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 what's his name? Ganifa uh, Emi brought an action before the court and asked the court to uh, allow him to personally prosecute that matter because he didn't trust the, uh, the judgment of the state to do well with it. Yes, it was it was it was it was it was granted. But what became of the case itself at the end of the day is something something a different story altogether. Oh, all right. All right. So 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 that Akilu and Fawe me as the name of the case, not Akilu and Fawe me. Akilu and Fawe me. That was where that was where Gani um, me brought that application as the court to take over. To step into the shoes of the prosecutor. So, with a fiat of the Attorney General, if you can get the fiat of the Attorney General of the Federation, a private citizen can prosecute it. Oh, okay. Just to just to ensure just to ensure that that yeah, public confidence, yeah, and justice itself, just to ensure that that public confidence is there. So, that is what I will proposing in the circumstances. But the question is, uh, who will be the person that can step up and because you need a fearless human rights fighter. Mm. That can that can face the issue squarely because you know you are you are not fighting individuals you are fighting institutions. Um, yeah. You have football is being run like a cabal in Nigeria right now. Yeah. 
they want to shut you up at every point in time. They, you never realize the magnitude of uh, muscles that they can flex until you stand up to them and say, okay, this is what, what you are doing is wrong. I, I was so shocked I was in a, was in a public gathering where I made statements about um, the Nigerian football league and somebody accosted me at the end of the program to warn me more or less like, oh, please, that you shouldn't be saying this kind of thing here. I said, and if I say it, who will shut me up? So, it was, it was some kind of... What did you say? I was... It was incidentally, incidentally, it was on this Chinese Martins issue. Because I was so incensed by the report coming out from the media about the way this young man just wasted his life. I said, what kind of rubbish is this? So, you know, even even in the... Even, even the... Um, the licensing regulations and the LMC rules also provide for uh, medical testing facilities, even for drug testing. How often do you test these players for drugs? Mm. You know, How often do you test these players <laughs> for swear, drugs? You know, I, you know I, I've said this before. I want this thing happen. I said, show Diko is supposed in, in several times, he should resign. In several times, he should resign. Because this thing happened under a watch. Yes. You know, and uh, you know, it just it's amazing, you know, when things like this happen. And then they, he came out a week after and said, Oh, they will start testing MPFF doing dope testing. I said, they will start doing doping. Now, I said, this is and this is why you hear a lot of our players go abroad for trials. And they never get sacked because when they test them, they do their medical, they find whatever in their system. Yes, exactly. And you just find out that ah, this guy go trials, which happened, you know, they won't tell you what happened, but they always find yeah. something in their system. And I'm, and I'm wondering why in 2020, their regulations are very, very clear. After a match, a certain number of players are picked and they're there's a law that says um what's it, the whereabouts law yeah. <laughs> excuse me where the authorities need to know where you are at every point in time because you can be called mm -hmm. for a random doping test yes yes correct but all this doesn't happen in the mpfl in the nnl it doesn't happen and that's why our players will go they take all sorts yeah there's no nutrition no nutritionist nothing and we still want to develop this game. And when you tell them, they complete. That's that kind of thing you say is what happens when you tell them that this thing is not right. You know what, what hurts me is that there's so much potential. There's so much to be made. Yes. To make this, if this industry is this viable, just imagine doing this coronavirus thing. You know, at the point the NPFL was one of the few leagues being played. That was going on, yes. There was so much <laughs> attention from Europe, from all over the world, yeah. on the NPFL. And the funny thing, the damn thing is not on TV. But they were following the league. People that played sports betting, Europeans, all of them, playing our NPFL games, talking about it. If you, I follow different tips on, on social media. They're talking about it, oh, nobody to start a very good at all. And I'm like, huh? This was a really good opportunity. That window yeah. of three, four weeks that we had, yeah, that made so much 
Definitely. would have made so much in noise, in attraction, in appeal. For the, in fact, for the people that are yearning to even watch World on the TV, when the Premier League is not available, champions, all this, and they're seeing the MPFL on that TV screen, you get more fans that way. But for yeah. whatever genius reasons, our guys see it, uh, they see it differently. I, I, apologies for digressing a little bit. Yeah. I don't know what you guys in the media have uh, made of the bandit broadcast deal that they signed in, in November. We did, um, we did, I've actually an episode, of, okay, now, we, on the show, on, on Sports Zone, we actually spoke yeah. about it. And yeah. on Sports Express as well. And the yes. irony is this, and I've also tackled Shea Udiko, chairman of the LFC on social media, on Twitter, on this. The irony is, Sheudiko avoids such questions. I think it should be nothing less than six months now that Charles has been trying to get him to come on sports. He will tell us, Charles, I will come on Monday. Monday is the best time. Then when Monday comes, Charles starts trying to reach him on the phone, he can't get you. Or he tells Charles the day before that, oh, uh, I can't come in, but we can do it over the phone. And when that day comes, it's unavailable. His phone is not going to go through. I've approached him on social media on Twitter and said, Oga, explain this deal to us. We need to know how did you arrive at this humongous figure. But nobody can tell you anything. And that's why the thing is dead on arrival as it is. That's why it's where it is. You know, you know what I'm going to tell you? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be very, very blunt. I've said it. I've said it. Said it on a different platform, and I'm going to say it again. I think what happened is money laundering. Simply that people need to go to jail. People need to go to jail because that announcement we, was made with so much fanfare. Yes, man. People they they did a world press conference <laughs> to, announce, to announce that deal. And four months down the line, we don't have this deal anywhere. Now, I was now reading an article. Some Somebody just casually said that, oh, he's going to be live streaming. I said, are you people really serious? Live streaming. Live streaming is just one of the one of the smallest packages of a broadcast yes, deal. Yes, I said, are you looking are you looking at the commercial commercial outlook of, of your competitors, your contemporaries in Europe? That live streaming, Amazon, Amazon got uh, right to broadcast 20 Premier League Premier matches. Games. Do you know how much they paid for that? <laughs> are you tell, you're telling me you are doing live streaming with what platform, with what internet to watch it? You haven't even bought the consciousness of the people enough on ah, TV that you want ah, them to go to the internet. Hey. You know, I I got mad, but that's that, that's a story for another day. But what I have in mind, what I have in mind is to uh, probably formal, maybe I should pro- pro- properly uh, write the LMC and ask for that information. Okay, yeah. Under the freedom, freedom of, of under information. The freedom of information act. Yes. Under the freedom of information they will, act. They will answer this question. They will respond. They will I, say, I, yes, I can make bold to say that they will respond. No, we'll, we'll meet them where we we'll need to meet them. Somebody has not taken a public... Yes, are not taking a public interest investigation against them on this issue. Because I was having an argument with a colleague. Say, hey, LMC is a corporate body. I said, excuse me, corporate body, you are, you are sitting over clubs, 
being managed with government funds. What are you telling me? Give me a break. <laughs> how many clubs? Yes, how many clubs in Nigeria are privately owned? They're telling me LMC is a corporate body. It's a public body. It's a private body. Quite all right. Administering public bodies. So the freedom of information act will apply. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, so I looked, I looked at it and said, you announced 20, how many, $225 million, that was what they announced. Yes, sir. Now, if, if, you, if you actually sign that deal and you distribute that money to all the clubs, all of them will be jumping off now. now. Yes, now. All, all of them will be jumping off. And yeah. the funny thing, funny thing is no, none of the clubs is holding them to account. It's because like they are all in the same, it's the same ah. thing now. They are all in the same para for business. You know when you when you have a system that's not efficient, that's not effective, few people benefit, right? So yes. the few people that benefit from this chaos are not willing to let go for the industry to be opened up for more people to benefit, for employment to for for job opportunities to be created, for employment opportunities to come up, for people to create all sorts open the entire value chain that the industry affords us. Yeah. These guys that are there, it's like like you said, it's a cabal. That's how, that's why David Snowumi of Rangers can come on air and be telling me that it's not profitable to play on the continent. But you people fight tooth and nail to play on the continent. Yeah. It says uh, it cost them 30 million to take a trip yeah. to North Africa. I said, it cost you 30 million, fine. <laughs> if you have sat down, at the time, at the beginning of the season. I, I say it's only in Nigeria that they do budgets for our clubs. The budget is yes. only expense. Correct. It's only expense. Correct. Where is it done? Yes. In, the, in my small company, my budget, I have income, I have expense. It may not balance you. I might have yes. loss, I might have problems, but that two sides must be. But in Nigeria, Correct. it's only expense. <laughs> I, I heard unconfirmed, I don't know how true it is, that caterpillars, you know, they sell out their stadium more often than not. Yes. Right? But these are unconfirmed yes. stories that I heard that every March the collection is about seven million naira. Right? Are you sure? But you know what yes. they do? Is it cash? Wow. Was they collect that money to share immediately? The commissioner for sports, like I said, unconfirmed, is alleged, allegedly. I mean, I'm I'm covered when I say that. Yeah, no, no, it's fine, it's fine. Yeah, I don't need to question, yeah. <laughs> that the commissioner will take his own. The GM of the wow. club will take his own. It's part of that money they used to pay bonus to the players. Give the supporters club some money. That's what they do. And they will spend that seven million there. Boom. And they wait okay. to do it again the next one game. That's what happens. Wow. Yeah, that's what happens with calculus. That's why that club can have that huge a fan base and be useless. Wow. wow. You brother, just imagine the, the commercial opportunities. Uh, my brother, Canopillars are the only team that wow. comes to Lagos to play NFL. And they will have fans. Full, and they will have, full have, and they have almost a full stadium. If not yes. the full stadium, they have almost a full stadium. Before, we used to talk about the Eastern team, Rangers, Imba, Atlant, but yes. those ones don't. I think it's not a very attractive place to go to for the Eastern yeah, yeah. But Agege is a hot, 
is a hotbed for ah, learners. Yes. Yes. So yes. the you, is, you will be doubting. You will be doubting who is actually. I think we only sometimes we ask ourselves who is at home <laughs> because they have more fans than the core MFL fans. Wow. I'm telling you, I think I need to do. I need to do an episode of this podcast looking at the potential fan base of each club and what their estimated value should be. It's taken a lot of work, but I think I need to do an episode of the podcast looking at that. That would be wonderful. All right, Steve. Thank you very much. I think we should have done over an hour. Thank you very much. As always, as always, it's always very insightful talking to you. I've also opened my eyes to a number of things and um, as much as possible try to distribute this to far-reaching corners of the world to see if our suggestions that we've also given on this uh, podcast will help to ease the potential issues that may come up over the next few months when football probably eventually or sports as a whole probably eventually gets some form of normalcy. Thank you for joining me on 90 and into Extra Ah, my pleasure as always. Thank, Thank you, you for having much. me. Thank you so yeah, much. Bye. So, uh, that was Steve Wabwezi. He's a lawyer, sports lawyer, and uh, this is his second appearance on the show. Um, to follow me on my on Twitter at Yemi TM442. Follow the podcast at um, 90 and extra. You can follow Steve at, at Kaiser747, right? Yes. At Kaiser 747. Thank you for joining me. It was a pleasure bringing this to you. Have a lovely uh, evening and please stay safe. Thank I, you. I will. I definitely will. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>